Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the chatter and a whole lot of emails a lot of conversations and a lot of thought leading into this week's cheap heat first of all i'm joined by uh philadelphia's own well now he's philadelphia um he's actually from harlem by way of philadelphia um you may know him as um oh my goodness i like a delicious chicken oh my god or lastly, people buy replica belts all the time. Stack guy, Greg, how are you, SGG? I'm doing great. I know this is a big episode we got to get into. It's the emancipation of cheap heat. A lot of chatter. Um, a lot Have of people talk. been talking to you? A lot of people been talking to you right and a left. Lot of, a lot of talk on the on the social media machines, Twitter, Instagram. A lot of talk in the mailbag. I know we're gonna get to that. I, you know what? I, I think I'm going to do that first. I think we're going to jump in and read a, a few. I, I have uh, since when do we do the show? Today's we're doing today the 31st. So probably the 23rd. So, so no, it's the 24th that the email started. Because right, um, I was going to say you'll know because you will see the chatter. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of emails starting on the 24th. Um. Mail. Uh, Corey wrote us, bro, buddy, pal, friend, my guy. I don't write in ever. I'm not that guy. Just like to listen, but I feel I need to write you today, and I'll keep it short. When the product is bad with WWE, and let's be honest, it has been for a while, I hang on and stay the fan that I've always been since I was a kid through this thing called the Cheap Heat Podcast. Don't do it for them. Do it for us. Don't leave us. Sincerely, the Iceman. Kevin writes us. Mail. Just heard your podcast this week, and I get what you mean about rethinking what you're doing and why you're doing it. Here's my two cents. I'd be heartbroken if you guys stopped putting out cheap heat every week, since you've truly become one of my favorite parts of my weekly routine. But I've been entertained by you guys and Shoemaker and the Brian Campbell for essentially free for more than five years. And the truth is, you guys don't owe me ish. If you're not feeling anymore, do what's right for you, and don't worry about us peckerheads. We'll be sad, but we'll get over it because we are hashtag with a life. I'll always root for you guys in whatever you do, and I'll always be grateful for all you guys have done for us over the years. Take it easy, man, Kevin. Oh, it's a very nice email also. Gary writes us. Mail. I've been listening to your show for uh, since pre-Stack Guy Greg. I've loved it and listened to it every week since. Love it. Best episode being the trivia show after SummerSlam 2016. That being said, the last thing I want is to listen to an uninterested wrestling podcast. There's plenty of those around. Also, your alternate ending to Game of Thrones was the best I've heard. Love the show. Hope you keep your smile. Or is this just a work? Peace, Gary. Um, Jesse writes us. Mail. To Mage Young and the world's physically strongest man, Statistical Chocolate. I write you today on the road to Monday Night Raw in KC, the go-home to the Saudi show, uh, and more importantly, the first WWE show after AEW made their official debut. And no, there's one more week before the Saudi show, sorry. I plead with you not to take your ball and go home. For starters, you just debuted the most mage theme songs in podcasting history. It would be a shame for those beats to have a shorter run than Titus O'Neil as 24-7 champion. Then he goes on and makes some points about the show right now. 
Lastly, I know uh, cheap heat is not a requirement for staying mage and enjoying yourself, but it's too soon to go. Unless there's an HBK AJ second act planned once things heat up in the fall. Signed, Jesse in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, Springfield, Missouri. I have some dear friends who uh, live there. Um, Let's see. I'll get to at least one. Let me do one or two more. Freddie. Mail. Peter, I'm listening to the show this week, and I will not beat around the bush here. If you don't want to do the show anymore, you really shouldn't. This isn't one of those emails where I'm going to fanboy at you and take a dump on your talent. The opposite is true. I think you're a talented broadcaster. The thing is that as a broadcaster, you know there's an energy one has to put into your work. If the love of the show is not there, then you should not force yourself to do it. That passion shows just as much as the lack of it. I think Cheap Heat is an important show. This is a wrestling show on the biggest sports network in the world. That is huge. And such should be done with passion for the business. If there's someone listening for the first time trying to get into wrestling, they should hear someone with passion in their voice. A love for the art form of wrestling and the future of the industry. I do not know if you will read this, but again, if you want to leave the show, that is up to you. You are a talented dude, so that means a lot for a listener. Um, whatever you decide has to be what's best for you. It would be a loss for the business, but hopefully something can lead to something special as well. Be well, Freddie Nunez. And there's a whole bunch that I haven't seen SGG from over the last uh, couple of weeks. Zachary Bennett writes us, Mail. Good morning. Uh, it says, subject is whatever you decide. Thank you. Good morning. I'm probably a little bit late. I've been listening since day one-ish, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the work you and the rotating cast of characters have put forth. Uh, I've had a feeling you were leaning towards cashing out for a solid six months or so, and I get it. I'm hoping you continue on uh, and transition your show into something that isn't so locked into wrestling. You and Greg are tremendous together, and I love listening to your back-and-forth discussions on everything. Cheap Heat is a family thing for me. I started my family at about the time you started Cheap Heat. We've heard from your wife. We've been there for Greg meeting the valet and now on the way to his engagement. Mazel tov, by the way. Anyway, this is too long. I hope the pod continues. If it doesn't, thank you for everything. Cheap Heat has always been the most majeur of all the ESPN and wrestling podcasts. If you're looking to ride off into the sunset, you don't owe anyone anything. Carry on with the life and enjoy yourself. I know I have. Thanks, Zach from Durham. Eric writes us and says, I hope you see this before you do the pod. Mail. Listen, I realize that the maker of fine footwear has always been the champion of an off-season in professional wrestling, but maybe it needs to happen in podcasting. It would be awful if you lost your smile because you feel obligated to continue producing the pod. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of weeks where I super fast-forward through the product or skip entirely because I work nights, but I always listen to the pod all the way through because I know that you, SGG, and other special guests will have insights, opinions, and thoughts that are current content-dependent. That aren't current content dependent. Maybe you guys should just do some retro rewatches off the network. My two cents. Enjoy yourself, and I mean it. Eric from Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Just got back from Toronto. Shout out to Canada. There's a lot more here that I'm really grateful for, Greg. I'm sure you saw lots of good ones also. Here's one that just title alone is great, Greg. Mail. A tear at Dipperland Ranch. Hello to the physical strong one and the apparently depressed one. <laughs> I want to be the one of many to say that I hope Saturday night changed your mind about continuing the show. I hope that when Mox came through the crowd Saturday night, you stood up at Dipperland Ranch and said with a tear in your eye, it's still real to me, damn it. Carry on. Love the pod. Well, SGG, I think it's time to... um Lay, lay it all on the line um, and be real with everyone about what's going on and how I feel. And hopefully you you and I have spoken, and I think you echo a lot of my sentiments. Um, though both of our views, I'm sure, are nuanced and we have our own lives and we're both in different places in our lives. I've definitely dealt with um, some challenges in life that I think if you pay attention to the podcast, you could hear through my voice over the last year um, that I have not brought to the podcast and don't plan to. Um, those challenges led to me deciding to take some time off of uh, traveling from WWE. 
when I came back to WWE and was ready to work WrestleMania, um, th- those who make the decisions on those things, Michael Cole, um, were no longer interested in my, in my, uh, in using me for that. So WrestleMania came to New York City where I've been promoting it for four or five months prior, even when I was no longer traveling, and they said, we don't have a place for you on WrestleMania. They couldn't even squeeze me on that Fakakta watch-along show that has 80 people talking at the same time. Still didn't have room for me there. Didn't put me anywhere. Okay. So that's when you heard the bitterness kick in about, like, you know what? And there was just a... I was honest with everyone a couple weeks ago. I I basically already covered that a couple of weeks ago. My feelings towards that. So I will not be doing those again. Had an amazing time doing it. Um... And I'm thankful, um, and I had so much fun doing it. And as much as it sounds like I'm even mad at Cole, not even mad at Cole. Cole and I were never super tight. He's got the way he sees things. If I don't fit into that, I don't care. There's a lot of things that I don't, as you can hear, I think the, the, the watch along show is literally the, an embarrassment to the network. So we all have different views of how we do things. Um, and by the way, that's not a veiled shot at Pat McAfee. I don't think anyone could do that show and make it good. You can't have ten people talking at the same time. It's not good. It can it can be done well if it's small and put together well. Those ones we did on ESPN were pretty good, but even those were rough. And that was ESPN producing them with much smaller groups of all broadcasters. So that's not a veiled shot at McAfee, and that's not a shot at Michael Cole. Cole's the right to make the choices that he wants to make. But I say all of this to tell you why I went from already dealing with a lot of stuff to then being zapped of my love of of the industry momentarily, even though I know over time I'll, I'll get over it. And what do we do here? And I say that grateful for the last two years of great stories I was able to tell and relationships I made at WWE. And as far as I'm concerned, um, I consider my relationship with them and the network to be great. And if there's an opportunity to do shows on the network again, uh, I would love to do it. I thought bringing it to the table could have been great. And I think there are other things um, that could also be great. So I say all that to say you have to f- – what's the point of doing the show if I'm – sort of working with WWE, which puts me in an awkward spot, and I'm less passionate about the product. How do you do a quality show if you're not inspired because the product hasn't been great and you're also connected to the WWE? What you then have is someone who's sort of compromised because you can't go all out and someone who's not having that much fun because the product hasn't been good. The only way to have fun and make the podcast good on a week-in, week-out basis, SGG, is to take the gloves off, is to go no-holds-barred, is to say, screw it. If I offend them, if Michael Cole's upset that I just said he's the he's the guy who told me they didn't want to use me anymore... Oh, well, bummer. I have no intentions of burning any bridges. But if it does, because I'm being honest or truthful, that's then that, then that is what it is. So the only way I can do this and that we can do this, I think, Greg, is to change a little bit. Because let's keep it real. You guys all know this. You're part of the Cheap Heat universe. You're family. You hear us every week. You knew that while I was critical, I kept the gloves on. Because I had to go work the pay-per-view the next week. When I when they're doing a show in Saudi Arabia that's a pretty bad idea, I might indicate that. And we, we lean that way. But I have to be nuanced about it. I have shown love and support for the WWE for over a decade. I give them more free advertising in the number one market in the world than is even you could even add up. The amount that I've, the amount that I've grown their brand in hip hop, the amount that I've helped, uh, keep their brand hot in New York, there's no device or measurement to even say that. It's ridiculous between my two shows. And, and, and believe me, I know because I hear about it on the street every single day. I've done my part. 
and I will always be a fan, and I will always be supportive, and I will always be grateful for the relationship I have with them. That being said, today does not mark the end of cheap heat. It, it can't. It can't. Because I thought about it, Greg, and I, as as bummed as I've been some weeks to do it, I would be even more bummed to not have the cheap heat universe in my life, to not have you and I talking wrestling, to not hear police sirens at least once a show. At the perfect time, too. Let's be honest. I mean, that was incredible. You know what? That's why the sirens are there, because today's not the end of Cheap Heat. Today is the beginning of the shoot era of Cheap Heat. And I, by that, I do not mean I'm going to start gossiping about things that I saw or people that I met. I will never do that. That is one thing you are never going to get from me. I'm not, I'm not going to be doing some tell all on all these, on all the talent that I've, have developed great relationships with. Never that. But what I am going to do is call it down the line every single week. And if you think I'm just talking about WWE, wait till we get to my AEW review in a few minutes because some of you probably won't be happy with that. I don't need this. Wrestling is my love. It's my passion. It was my third or fourth job. And I let it become a job for me. I let it become work like every other job that I have. I already, hip hop, my number one passion that I ever had in life has already become a job to me. And there are parts about that that are really hard and, and stink. Sports, another huge passion for me, which I still love on my own, just like I do hip hop, but it's work for me. I never made life-changing money in wrestling. Never. I never have. It's always been for the love. But it still became about work. It became about ego and pride. Hell, even half of what I said here was about pride. But I'm not going to let ego and pride get in the way of my love of wrestling. I love wrestling. I love WWE's product. Maybe not so much right now, but in general. Enough to do a podcast about it. It's created dear friendships with Stack Guy Greg, with Shoemaker, with Andrew Goldstein, Linder, the entire Jew World Order. I Dipperstein is my agent because of wrestling. So damn it, I am not giving up the podcast because the product has sucked and because I'm not working there. Hell no, I'm doubling down and going the other way. And, and will there be feelings hurt and will there probably be phone calls at times that are like, hey, dude, going a little harsh? Yeah. Guess what? F*** it. Bring it on. Let's do it. What I'm not going to do is be personal and mean and vengeful or things like that. But what I will do is be honest. So, SGG, if you're down to do that, I say we start right now with hashtag the shoot era of Cheap Heat. And it's a reinvigorated era. And by the way, I'm going to take advice from some of those emails. If there's a week when nothing happened, we may take a week off. I may be like, yo, guys, sorry. This week didn't deserve a podcast. We'll yeah, catch you that, next. That's not on us. When that happens, it's not on us. Now, or or maybe we just ignore a week of current product and just go back in time. I'm fine with that, too. But, SGG, the only way for us to move forward is to do it with more passion. Otherwise... The guy's right. That emailer was right. You can hear when someone's doing it with no passion. So if you're cool with it, I say we move forward into this era more honest, less strings that we have to worry about, and just doing the show that we're going to do without worrying or giving a damn about financial ramifications, professional ramifications. This is just about doing a wrestling show for the people who love wrestling. Let's do it. I mean, I've been waiting. I know the people have been waiting. And I know they're really on the edge of their seat now that you wrapped up what you had to say. Now, that was what you had to say. Now let's get into what we want to say. What we want to say about AEW, about this upcoming takeover, about this war that's going on. I'm going to pass the mic to you to get that started. But let's get into this new, new era the way we said we would. You're um, absolutely right, SGG. We should jump right in. 
We have to start with AEW Double or Nothing. I, Greg and I have not even discussed it yet, so I'll give you my take, and then I'll uh, and then I'd love to hear yours. AEW's Double or Nothing was a solid pay per view. Um, Dipper Scene and I watched it at Dipperland Ranch. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought that there were things about it that were great and what we need, and there were things about it that need a lot of work if they are trying to be a serious competitor with WWE and not a competitor with the Ring of Honor and New Japan. Okay? So, let's, let's start with the good. Um, the good would be John Moxley returning. That was phenomenal, even if somewhat expected when it happened. It was a great moment. Um, the Young Bucks match, fantastic. Uh, really enjoyable. Far, far too many false finishes, but that was true of nearly every match. Kenny Omega and Jericho, very good. Greg, are you ready now to rescind what you said last week on the podcast about Kenny Omega having to keep up with Jericho? No, I'm not. And here's why I'm not going to rescind that. Because you're insane? What? Because you're insane? Well, no, but because when I said that, people didn't listen to the why of why I said that. I wasn't saying that Kenny Omega is definitely half a step behind Chris Jericho. But what I was saying was I can see the argument being made because Jericho is a guy who has been progressively getting better with age. So if there are people out there who feel like Jericho might be a step ahead of Kenny Omega, I wouldn't fault them for that. The same way if there are people out there who felt like Kenny Omega is light years ahead of Chris Jericho, I wouldn't fault them for that either. These are two people at the top of their game right now. I hear what you're saying, but there is no world in which a normal person with eyes could watch that show, could watch them could watch those guys wrestle and go with Kenny's behind Jericho. Jericho's still good. I said that mo- before the match, though. He he, but he had. There's multiple times in the match where you could see that this is 47, 48 year old Chris Jericho. Kenny Omega is literally in his prime. There there may not be a better wrestler in the world right now than Kenny Omega. I mean, you're talking about a very limited conversation, in my opinion. AJ Styles, Ricochet, Kenny Omega. Just a handful of people, dudes from New Japan I've never heard of, people like that, okay? That's the category I'm talking about. Although, I thought Jericho did a really nice job, and I thought he did a nice job on the mic as well. Um, So, in other words, AEW, from a wrestling standpoint, had a bunch of really good matches. Entirely too many false finishes. The 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 Cody... um, Dustin match was awesome. The end was done beautifully. The setup for the tag match uh, moving forward, amazing. Loved everything about what they did, um, except way too many finishes. How many times did Cody hit his finish? And then Dustin back to him. The crossroads. You, I just like, this is the same thing. It was the same thing about as Kenny Omega on the last one hitting the V-trigger eight times. You may not see it as a big deal. That's fine. You may think I'm being a dork or being old school, whatever. I'm sorry. It's just a crutch of mine as someone who spent a lot of time watching indie wrestling that that's what you see there. But on the, on the, on the big, and they do it, by the way, they do it too much in WWE also. But on the big stage at a big pay-per-view, what you don't want to do is get a crowd to the point where they're at like the edge of climax and then hit so many false finishes that by the time you get the final three count, it's, uh, instead of, uh, and I thought that happened, Greg, a couple of times on the show. Um, I'll let you retort to all of this. Lastly, commentary was a major problem. And I I know that people who went to the show loved the show. And I could tell that if you were there, it looked friggin' amazing. Watching it on television, JR was JR and did a nice job. He He's one of the greatest to ever do it. He is not JR in 1998, uh, though. He's JR in 2019. Okay? 
um, who's still a really solid broadcaster. But him alone with a few guys who really are not at a high level, who sound at an indie level, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean to those guys personally, uh, I mean, to, and attack them, it made for a really uneven show commentary-wise. Over-talking, th- three different people doing play-by-play, no one to provide that spice that you need on a show, real energy. Um, JR is, is put in a position where he has to do, give stories and do play-by-play. It was just, it was messy. They also didn't have stories, Greg, for these matches. I guess if you've been watching the YouTube shows all along, maybe you knew them. How about you put together some recap videos? We only had one or two recap videos the whole thing. Between matches, they would just go back to this uncomfortable commentary booth where they'd have to stall for 15 minutes. You're trying to compete with WWE. If you're trying to compete with Ring of Honor, okay, you could get in that conversation. If you're trying to compete with Evolve, okay, you could get in that conversation. You're trying to win a war? Is that really where we're going? Because that's the way Moxley and Jericho and Omega and all these guys are talking. Cody, that they're that they're trying to win the real deal. There's Greg, no in terms <laughs> there's no war. I, I I would say that if WWE, whoever the highest person up in WWE was who was watching that pay per view was, they watched for fifteen minutes, turned off the TV and said, All right, we'll check in again in six months. Nothing to worry about yet. Nothing. And I know for a lot of you, you're going to go, you're insane. It was the best wrestling ever. Guys, that is not going to be what sets someone over the top. It would, it, it'll make for another cool show like New Japan being on TV, like Ring of Honor being on TV. What, what we want to do is see the WWE get challenged. That's the point. What's going to make WWE better? What's going to make the whole industry a better product? And in order to do that, you have to be at a level of professionalism where you can push them. And while there were great wrestlers, gr- I mean great. Like like I said, the young buck, the tag match was s- incredibly entertaining. As good p- pure wrestling as you will see. That's not enough. That's not enough. And it, That's what's expected. It's got to be consistent, too. It can't be... Because when was All In? September? And then now we're back in May? Like it, right. They, it had better been one of the best shows we've ever seen when you take eight months to get to it. So give me your review, SGG. What were your thoughts overall on Double or Nothing? So you guys know me. I was not paying $50 in the year of our Lord 2019 to watch a wrestling show that I'm not going to be in the building for not doing it to watch at home. So I followed on. That's why they call you the physically cheap. Yeah, of course, of course. But now I did try to keep along with play by play. You know how usually some people will do like these very in-depth, extensive recaps. And honestly, what you said and what, what your thoughts on the show were seem to echo what everybody has been saying. Um, Amazing show, amazing wrestling, your your positives and your negatives are right in line with what I've been seeing on social media. Even your comments about commentary and uh, being critical of Jr. And I will say this though, for me, it it is very promising to see something like that. And I just hope they can be consistent about it because with a weekly TV show coming up, that that's what you want to see on a week to week basis. So if they can do things like bring in the storylines and have people invested and make improvements here and there um, as they get to that weekly TV show in the fall, then I think we are going to get to a point where they are challenging WWE. But right now it's not a war. And even if it gets to that point of them being on weekly TV and putting on amazing wrestling shows, I don't think it'll be a war just because as fans, we don't have to choose. You know, during the Monday Night Wars, if we watched one, it literally meant that we were not watching the other one at a time when there was no DVR, no replays, no network. Like, you had to see it when it was happening. And so trying to recreate that atmosphere is laughable and impossible because we can watch whenever we want. So... It's not really a situation where we have to choose between AEW or WWE. We can get both as fans, but for AEW 
and WWE, that doesn't mean that they have to rest on their laurels, which is why AEW needs to continue to be this good so that they can push the levels of talent across the board to new heights. But as fans, why why do I have to choose one or the other? I can watch both or none. No, no. You're absolutely right. That's a really good point. It's a different sort of war, if you will, because it's not about choosing. To me, it's about improving the industry. And I think Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes and those guys are aware of that. And I know that without a weekly show right now, they can't tell stories the same way. So I understand that's a major foot up. I mean, WWE has a, what, 60-year lead, 50-year lead on them. They have a... This is... The idea of them catching up in any sort of short order is ridiculous to start out with. But if you want to get to a point where you're saying no for real, people are talking about them, not just the people who listen to Cheap Heat, not just the P1s of wrestling who are obsessed, not just this guy. It's still real to me, damn it! But, but, but everybody, you're talking about it makes news and people talk about it. They still have a lot to do. And I'm sure they know that. I, I can't imagine they don't know that. But I will say, and again, I, I really, one thing I don't want to do in the shoot era is, like I said, make it about shooting on people and being like, this person stinks. And that, I'm not saying one person was terrible and that the other people in the booth with JR were talentless hacks. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying it wasn't up to snuff with broadcast TV. And that's where you're going. You're going to actual TNT. Go back and look at, at, at Nitro, even in its times of repuggery. You're still talking about people like Shivani, Heenan, Bischoff, um, what's my man's name who I'm forgetting from who went to TNA? Oh, I don't know, is that Mike Tanay? Mike Tanay. You're talking about people who really are really, really talented and can do it. And maybe these guys will eventually get there, but they were not there as of double or nothing. So the experience on pay-per-view, and then of course, the kickoff show ended wrong. They, they mistimed it. It went dark before it was supposed to end. You can't do that. That's a major faux pas. Now yeah. before we get any, before we get any further into Double or Nothing and the week that was, do want to give a shout out to our dear, dear friends, um, over at Hymns. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking to you about this for a second, and uh, if you haven't checked it out, you're playing yourself. Hims is a wellness brand. You've heard us talk about it. They help you look your best. You know I know about this. 66% of men start to lose their hair by 35. Mine started way earlier. But 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, for skin care, and other wellness supplements. There's so many things you need to stay healthy and to look good. And there are so many of those things that are available at 4hims.com. So go to the website, check it out. It's such a way to deal with these issues that can be somewhat embarrassing in a way that's private. It's been featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, Playboy, all over the place. So here's what you want to do. You can get started with their hair kit for just $5 right now while supplies last, okay? Go to the website, 4hims.com slash cheap. That's forhims.com slash cheap. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash cheap. And check it out. Their uh, hair kit for just $5 today. Forhims.com slash cheap. So overall, I thought it was a cool show. Um, I would not, I'm not celebrating it and lauding it like it was the day the entire industry changed because that would just not be real. But I will tell you there were some really cool positives um, and moments where I popped. I popped when I saw Awesome Kong. Um, she she definitely was not the, the best version of her we've ever seen. But, I mean, man, she hasn't been in a real ring working like this in a long time. Um, Cody and Dustin was just, you know... I could pick apart the match and tell you some things that I, I, I didn't love. But overall... Awesome story with an awesome ending. And then you get Kenny Omega and John Moxley fighting all over the arena to end the show, which is a great finish. What do you think so, about that? Uh, John Moxley showing up at AEW. 
in terms of in terms of what? Just in general, like I ask you that question, and what are the thoughts that hit your mind when you hear John Moxley showed up at AEW's uh, Double or Nothing, and uh, apparently has signed a contract to be one of their talents? I, when they I that think show it is. Ball? I think it's a great thing for them. I think they are still a couple of marquee players away. I think the most important person out there who could exist for AEW going up a level is named Sasha Banks. That's what I think. Um, the reality of this is, is that just like the Monday Night Wars, a big part of it has to come from poaching talent from the company that people already know. Um, as much as everyone tells you they love wrestling and they, they're all just about wrestling, what do they pop biggest for? Seeing a huge star from WWE walk through the doors. <laughs> right. Sasha, Sasha Banks has been misused, mishandled, unappreci- underappreciated, and unhappy seemingly at WWE for a long time. I don't know if it's possible to get that, get her, but I believe Sasha Banks could completely take them up to a whole new level. And it, it wouldn't end with her, but it would, it would be big. I also think them, uh, securing another person commentary wise, whether, I, I would say whether it be from WWE or elsewhere, but I don't know where else you necessarily go. Um, but they need someone else. First of all, well, they went to the four man booth for a while and they had, um, that woman in there in the booth as well, whose name I'm, I'm blanking on. Um, that didn't work. Four people in a booth is not going to work. Um, it should max at three people. And really, I think they'd be fine if it was JR and one great polished person. Who would that person really, be, though? I don't know. I don't know if they could steal someone from WWE. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that person is. But you need someone who's a level up, you know, whether it's Nigel McGuinness or Corey Graves or someone that we don't know who's awesome. But they, they, they need someone who is high level broadcaster and passionate and can help stall like, um, you know, not to not to toot my own horn. But like yesterday, I did the Twitter uh, NBA uh, pre-show, right? And we had technical problems. And when they tossed it out outside uh, in Jurassic Park in Toronto to me and Ariel Helwani, and I, I'm not saying neither myself nor Ariel are going to win the Edward R. Murrow <laughs> Award for Journalism tomorrow, but I think we're both pretty solid. We had no audio and no idea how long we were going for. And it, go watch. It's still up on ESPN's Twitter page. It's called Hoop Streams. And watch me and Ariel ad lib for 20 minutes straight. And you will see that there are levels to doing this when it comes to just grabbing a microphone and ad libbing about something you're passionate about. You just need it. I mean, Dipperstein and I were sitting there watching at Dipperland Ranch and we were like, it's, this is so important to the home product. People with wrestling act like the wrestlers are what matters, and that's it. Boom, wrap it up. Okay, we got the wrestlers. We're good. That's the cherry on top. It's not, but that's the thing. It's so much more than a cherry on top. That's the problem. They act like commentary is a cherry on top. It's 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 one of the scoops of the ice cream for for the home viewer. I mean, listen, I'm I'm not going to turn this into the uh, Michael Cole bashing show after I already complained about uh him earlier but i mean come on we we've complained about it's boss time and all those things for a long time commentary is important now by the way in cole's case i don't even think i I think it's very hard to critique cole because i think he's in such a difficult position with vince mcmahon having his hands so all over commentary for raw so I don't even know how you even really judge Michael Cole properly. Um, but the reason – the other day we were watching – Dipperstein and I were watching, I believe, R- Royal Rumble, the first Rumble, 
Which, by the way, what a bizarre event it was. If you go back and watch it, such a strange event. The Hacksaw they have the, one? What'd you say? Is that the one that Hacksaw won? Yes, but the event itself is insane. It was a Saturday night on regular TV. They had a women's tag title match. They had Dino Bravo weightlifting for 30 minutes. They had the Royal Rumble. They had a, um, like a, a contract signing, a Hogan Andre contract signing for another 30 minutes, which by the way was awesome. Go back and watch that. It's friggin' awesome. Um, it was just a weird event. But when the matches were on, it was Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura. Jesse the body, who I, I, you know, we don't talk about as much on this show because I'm such a Heenan a mark. Jesse the body Ventura not only knew stories and ways to present characters, but also offered like wrestling tidbits that he could give you. You either need someone who's a great wrestler who can offer you tons of legitimate insight, or you need someone who's an incredibly good, passionate talker who can tell stories, or in the case of Jesse Ventura or Bobby Heenan, both. A guy who has wrestled at a high level and also can tell stories and present characters. But that's not a little thing. That's a huge thing. That, to me, that's why they spent all that money on JR. The problem is just JR is not enough. As great as he is, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. It's not enough. It wouldn't have been enough if he was 40. It wouldn't have been enough. It's that's that's not what we're accustomed to hearing. You need at least two great people there calling stuff. Yeah, because even when you think of Jr. and like the Attitude Era, you think of him with the King. You know what I mean? Even when he showed up at WrestleMania Nine, um, he was in there with Randy Savage, and um, I believe Bobby the Brain Heenan was on that commentary. Oh yeah, he was as well. Oh, they needed Heenan on that day. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they had. You, you know team. how I feel. You know how I feel about Randy as a commentator. Not the best. Not the best, but Rand- he's, he's so charismatic that I think people forgive. forgive yeah, him. he was at the time he was so over that like having him there was still mage, even though now you go back and you're like, oh, man, this is grating. And late <laughs> Piper was pretty bad, too. Billy Graham, bad. I know Piper was supposedly great early as one of the first heels on commentary, but by the time he did commentary way late in his career, he was not the best. And I, so, think, anyways, that, I think Jerry King benefited from a little bit of that, too, is that at the time he was so charismatic and beloved that when you go back and listen, you're just like, what? Wait, who? King? Jerry the King, yeah. Oh, oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Lawler, Lawler is incredibly overrated as just a commentator. Lawler, the wrestler slash character, is iconic. Lawler, puppies, is the most <laughs> yeah. overrated one of the most overrated characters in the history of the business. And he, but it worked because he was so respected as a credible wrestler. And don't get me wrong, when he had his serious moments, Lawler could be good. But too often I thought that show, when at its prime, was really JR. You know, JR wouldn't say that. He's too modest. I'm sure he'd say King was, you know, was as big a part. He wasn't. If you really go back and watch it. Um, but again, at the time it was different because Lawler was just over in general for being Jerry the King Lawler. Um, now SGG, we also, um, a lot of interesting things outside the ring that we passed right over, like Ric Flair posting bizarre videos about Shawn Michaels on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but I'm, I mean, if I had to pick a side, you know, woo, just let me know where you need me, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know how you feel. I'm not. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. I have to pick a side. I know. We, I know how you feel about that. Um, and, uh, and then of course Moxley went on Jericho's podcast and told his whole story, which was interesting. Um, uh, it was, it was cool. A, a, a lot of detail. Yeah. Some of it, I think, um, a little nuance for people who don't like work there to understand. I think some of the things that he described is so annoying. Um, but that, that didn't sound as annoying. I think if you were on the outside, but you could understand why over time 
it would be incredibly difficult. I'm also seeing, Greg, right here that early numbers are in. Um, For double or nothing? Yeah. 98,000 is being reported. That's not bad. Ninety. No, it's not bad at all. That's not bad it's at not all. It's not bad at all. I mean, it would have been considered really bad for WWE pay-per-view. It's like a WWE pay-per-view in 1994. Right. But there's a lot of factors, too. Like, that price point, I think, I don't know. Maybe they might have gotten more people at a lower price point. But at the same time, maybe they couldn't have gone any lower. You never know. But right, 98000 is not bad. No, no, it's not bad. It's 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 a start. It's a start. That's my main, my main takeaway from AEW is it's a start. It's not, it's not a finish. It's a start. And the timing could not be better. The opportunity could not be better. Um, with where WWE is right now as a product. Um, I do want to amend that I think that there is some fun now being had with the 24-7 title, even though I think it looks terrible. Right. Um, and I thought, the, and I thought the way it started with it being a Jobert fest was terrible. I would also like to do a replay. I would like to put Bret Hart and Mick Foley's be- belt un- unveilings <laughs> up against each other. Who did it better and do live commentary? From what also, I'm reading, I, Mick I think- Foley did it better with a worse-looking title. But at the same time, the 24-7 title is 100% supposed to be taken as a joke. It is a joke title, right. so I'm be more forgiving with like how it looks and the, the Jobert fest that it's become. Here's how I felt when I saw the actual 24-7 title. I see. Uh-huh. I got to admit, though, I'm was... not a fan of that AEW title either. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not fantastic. It's not. It, it, it's It's okay. It, 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 it leaves. It's hard, man. Getting a title that really works is not easy. By the way, I told Dipperstein the other day how much more Morris there is that people don't even know about. So I wanted to give you guys a few more Morrises because he's so popular. And Dipperstein thinks we should have Morris call the podcast. Yeah, um, I'm down. Here's some more Morris if you've never heard it. There's, of course, um, well, I see a huh? I know, I know. <laughs> By the way, that could just be a song called I Know. I huh? know, I know. How did we like not hear that until today? I know, I know. Um, I have great admiration for your gift. <laughs> this one was pretty classic recently. You still squeezed it in a couple of days. Excuse me? You still squeezed it in a couple of days. Oh, all right. <laughs> the question about whether or not AEW will ever compete with WWE. That's a very difficult question. David Rosenberg. <laughs> was that I Mike mean, Tyson? No, that's him, I think, doing an impression of Mike Tyson. <laughs> David Rosenberg. <laughs> Peter Baby. Oh, uh, let's God. see what else. Uh, please. <laughs> this is how I felt about Greg. Um, when I saw Dipperstein, uh, Dipperstein loving Brock Lesnar winning the uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, please. Um, and this is how I felt about the Brock party this week. I'm not crazy about it. No? You don't like Boombox Brock? Oh, my gosh. Like a stupid little Bluetooth thing attached to it? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> what What was that? What, what? Listen, I don't what, know, what? but I'm in. He, his dance moves need some work. I know this is I, a no, shit era, but I'm not like, going to be I the did, one to tell him that. I did like when he hit the big ska dance in the middle of the ring. Yeah, it, it didn't go with... The hip-hop or the rock that was playing in the background, but, um, but no, none cool. of it went with that. This was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Morris, how you doing, guys? You have to be patient with him. So, um, SGG, I don't think we're going to have time this week, unfortunately, really break down a lot from WWE. Is there a lot that we're missing? Next week, of course... When the show, well, I wonder if we'll try to record the show, the Saudi shows at this time next Friday. Right. So we'll probably be recording while they're on. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. What makes sense? But is there anything else major we need to discuss? Because obviously we did not get to a lot this week. I um, mean, what- besides the Moxley podcast, you know, 
the usual takeovers this Saturday. Takeovers tomorrow. Takeover twenty five. Um, well, um, can you give us a quick rundown of the card of uh, Takeover, or do you need me to pull it up? Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong in a one on one match. Sort of like a grudge match if you've been paying attention to NXT TV. Roddy's been making sticking his nose in Riddle's business a little bit. Um, then you have the North American Championship match. Velveteen Dream is being challenged by Tyler Breeze, who is now full-time a member of the NXT roster. I'm hesitant to call it a demotion because NXT no. is so mage, but Tyler Breeze is now full-time on the NXT roster. Um and then you have a fatal four-way ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships. The last time we saw these titles, the Viking Raiders, I believe they're being called now, they came and they uh, they forfeited the titles to William Regal. And now the four teams of Street Profits, Undisputed Era, being represented by Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, the Forgotten Sons, and Only Larkin and Danny Burch, are going to be competing in a fatal four-way ladder match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I'd like to choose the Street Profits as the winners here, but I think it's going to end up being Undisputed Era for the third time for uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And then NXT Women's Championship, we have Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai. Again, I'd like to see a new champion here, but I I have a feeling that Shayna Baszler is going to keep a vice grip on this Women's Championship. And then the main event of NXT 25, is a rematch from NXT New York. It's going to be Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And I cannot wait. That I am very, very excited about. That should be very, very good. Um, listen, NXT is great. Um, and yeah, I don't consider demotion for Tyler Breeze because at this point to be misused or not used on the quote-unquote you know, big brands uh, and, and and actually get important spots on NXT, you're way better off. Yeah, and um, he, people appreciated him so much more on NXT, too. I mean, his entrance was sort of perfect for the size of the crowd, and I just feel like he's going to come across as a much bigger star than he did on the main roster. Well, SGG, I see them queuing up our music, so next week we'll get back after it. Our first true episode of The Shoot Era. We'll break down the week in wrestling. We'll do it with a new zest and energy that we have not had. Um, I, I apologize for the times when my energy and passion have not been what they should be. And I hope that you guys as, as, as family and cheap heat listeners understood and have understood where we're coming from. And listen, let's do this. Let's, let's see where this goes. And I think it could take us to a new place that I'm excited to, to see. So, SGG, you're a mage individual, and I ask that this weekend you you stay mage and enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. And? Take it easy, mate. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time... I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the majesty, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce, shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 mage.